Our epistle reading is from the epistle of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, page 1827 in your Red Bibles. Hear now the word of the Lord. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Please stand for the gospel reading as you are able. Our gospel is from Matthew, chapter 27, selected verses, page 1546 in your Bibles. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is, as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. Which of the two do you want me to release to you, asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called Christ, Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed, asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. When the centurion and those with him 
who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. The Word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. And now, O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you this day. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. I want to apologize to you if when I said uh, my heart is heavy, if you began to focus on me and not on worship, I apologize for that. It was never my intent to cause any distraction on your part. The term, sermon title for today is Remember, and I must tell you that when I selected this title, not this weekend, I never thought that if ever there was a time that a, a sermon title had great meaning, it, it's this weekend. It's now. If ever there was a time to remember the events that took place this week over 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, it's now. This week, Holy Week, culminating in the resurrection of Jesus Christ on next Sunday, is the heart of the church's life. For this week gives meaning to everything the church does during the rest of the year. So I want you to know why I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, and maybe I'm even angry or mad, and I don't always get mad. I don't always get angry, but I will tell you that when a movement literally goes against the name of Jesus Christ, a movement that goes against the church and what the church represents, pastor gets angry. Pastor gets mad. On this week, as you know, there will be possibly an arrest. Are you aware of that? Have you heard that there are people who come to church every Sunday like you, who believe that a former president is the Savior? Have you heard that? I need you to talk to me. Now, maybe you haven't because maybe you've chosen not to pay attention to the news. I want to tell you today, Evangel Heights Church family, I'm not asking you to be news junkies. I don't expect you to watch cable news 24-7. But I do expect you to understand what's going on in the world because if we are called as followers of Jesus Christ to advance God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, we need to know what we are up against and we need to know where we need to go in order to advance God's kingdom. Are you aware of the fact that there are people who attend church on Sunday morning and there are pastors who believe that this human savior is also God's anointed one, the Messiah? Have you heard that? Then I'm not the only one who should be angry on today because you see, it is this week, Holy Week, that there may be a distraction from the true purpose of Holy Week because of the potential arrest of someone who people believe is the Messiah and is the Savior. I come to tell you today, there's only one Messiah. Amen. His name is Jesus Christ. There's only one anointed one. His name is Jesus Christ. And by the way, he is not a human being who was born. No, no. Philippians chapter 2 reminds us that Jesus Christ had a pre-existence 
before he took on human flesh in obedience to God's will. Philippians reminds us that Jesus Christ traveled throughout the world, taking on human flesh in order to understand your pain, my pain, your limitations, my limitations, in order to understand your sins and my sins. Jesus Christ pre-existed, took on the form of humankind, and then Philippians reminds us in total obedience and humility to God, he humbled himself even unto the cross, where he died on the cross. And then Philippians reminds us that he didn't stay dead. Amen? I want us to look at Philippians just for a moment because, you see, there are people who go to church every Sunday like you, who sit in pews like you, who believe that there is a human being who is their Messiah, their Savior. I've got news for you today. Jesus Christ, God's anointed one, Messiah, came not to fulfill his own agenda. He came to fulfill the agenda, the will of God. You know, probably for over the last two years, you've, always, you've heard me say, when I talk about God, I'm talking about the God who has been, been revealed through Jesus Christ. You see, there are people who use the word God, but they don't understand that the God we are referring to is the God who has been revealed through Jesus Christ. So when, when I talk about Jesus Christ revealing God, that I'm talking about a God who through the revelation of Jesus Christ is a God who loves everybody. John chapter 3, verse 16. I'm talking about a God who does not believe in superiority of one group of people. I'm talking about a God. This is the God who Jesus Christ has revealed. I'm talking about a God who is committed to inclusivity and unity. Pastor, how do you know? Well, how do you know that? In addition to John chapter 3, verse 16, we know that Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 4, I've come to set the captives free. The captives. Not those who are self-sufficient, who, who have so much power that they don't even see those who are in pain and who are oppressed by the systems and the structures of the world. I'm very clear that the God whom Jesus Christ has revealed is a God who, concern, who is concerned about the least, the last, and the invisible. Go back and read chapter 4 of Luke, where Jesus gives his inaugural address. How do you know this God is inclusive? Because when you look at the people who made up Jesus' circle, you see tax collectors. You see prostitutes. I think I'm angry. I'm angry because there are people who show up every Sunday and sit in pews 
who are espousing this lie that there is a human being who is the Savior and God's Savior, God's Savior and God's anointed one who's going to save them. Save them from what? Jesus Christ came to save us from the sins that prevent us from being our true selves of who God has created us to be. We are made in the image of God, and sin gets in the way of that. Jesus Christ came as the Savior and as the Messiah to reveal the true and living God. This is why we're committed here at Evangel Heights to make sure that you have the opportunity to read and study God's Word. And by the way, you noticed that when you received the bulletin on this past week electronically, it said gospel lesson, Matthew chapter 27. And someone thought, what? All of those verses? Yes, read them. (laughs) Not that we read them today, and we won't. We'll, We'll select selected verses, but we want you to read and to study God's word and know for yourself that when someone speaks foolishness, When someone speaks lies, when someone tries to distract us from who the true Messiah and anointed one is, the true Savior of the world is, we will know, not only will we know, but we will stand up and speak out against that heresy. This is why, starting today, with Deaconess Penny's class, and we said to you in the beacon, there will be an opportunity for you to learn how to tell your testimony and write your testimony. I should reverse it, right? Barbara, write your testimony so you can tell your testimony. We start with Penny's class today, Deaconess Deaconess Penny's class today, and you'll look at the schedule and there will be other opportunities. I need people to speak up and out against heresies that are taking place in your family, amongst your friends, Distractions. When I look at the gospel lessons, (laughs) Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the donkey, again, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, makes reference to how the king will come. We see someone who is a person of humility, of peace. Not one of war. Notice, he didn't come riding in with an AR-type rifle. He came in with an attitude of peace and gentleness and humility. That's who our Messiah, that's who our Savior is. And that Sunday, when he came in, you notice he was followed by a crowd of people. Yes, there were some Onlookers who never had an encounter with him, I'm sure, they were just following the crowd like people do. But I would suggest to you there were others in that crowd who had had a personal, intimate encounter with Jesus Christ, and they were so thankful for the ways in which Jesus Christ had changed their lives. That's what people need to hear today, beloved, from you. How has your personal, intimate encounter with Jesus Christ changed your life. 
We know that on that Monday he went into the temple and reminded everybody that God's house is not a house for marketing. God's house is a house of prayer. And then, of course, we get to, we get to Friday. I won't talk about Thursday. We'll get to Friday that you heard about. This Messiah who came and reminded us that God is a God of love, yes. He's a God of unity. A God of unity who desires to bring people together. Jesus prayed for his disciples in John 17. May they be one like you and I are one. And then we see this Messiah who's led before first the Sanhedrin council, then he's taken to Pilate. He's on trial. He, he is, um, he's found guilty. And, and what I find interesting, this is just a, a side note, what I find interesting is that people wanted a notorious, a notorious individual by the name of Barabbas one who was prone to violence to be released as opposed to Jesus. It's amazing how some people just like bad folk. They like bad folk who, who acts out the way they wish they could act out. And so Jesus was crucified. He died, but before he died, I want you to remember this. His death reminds us that he lived a life that had one objective. And that was to glorify God. <laughs> it was never about glorifying himself. It was never about making sure the spotlight was shining on him. No, he lived and carried out the will of God all of his life, Jesus did, so that God would be glorified this week. As you journey through Holy Week, as you engage with people, family members, friends, neighbors, as you have conversation around Holy Week, as you bring up the conversation possibly about the Messiah, the true Messiah and the true Savior, make sure you indicate that it was never about Jesus. It was always about Jesus Christ glorifying, making known the God who has sent him. See, this is what I know. I know that as long as good Christian folks be quiet, there will always be false messiahs and saviors who think they can just woo people into their particular kingdom of self-servitude. Oh, Evangel Heights Church family and friends, if ever there was a time for us to stand up and speak out and talk about who we believe in or why we believe in him, now is the time. Amen. And if you do not know what to say or how to say whatever you need to say to people, then pray and ask the Holy Spirit who dwells within you, give me the words that I need to say. Amen. Oh, beloved, oh, be I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that some of you thought you would be born, you would grow up, you would get married, you would have children and grandchildren, then one day you would die. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, you're not dead yet. So that means God has work for you to do. As followers of Jesus Christ. It's up to us. Oh, by the way, did I also tell you that the people who show up on a Sunday morning who believe that there's a human Messiah and a human Savior, they believe that in part because the person who stands behind the pulpit is preaching them that heresy. Pray. Pray that God will break through with truth into the lives of people in the pews and pastors in the pulpit so that we will lift up the name of Jesus, the Christ, who is the true Savior, who is the true Messiah of the world, who's been sent by the awesome living God who loves us so much. No matter who we are, no matter where we live, no matter what we look like, he loves us. Loving God, help us. Help us to step outside of our comfort zones. Help us to stop waiting for someone else to speak up when we find ourselves in a setting whereby Truth needs to be shared. Help us. Help us to be the followers of Jesus Christ whom you have called us to be for such a time as this. Recognizing that yes, just as Jesus suffered, we too will suffer. But remind us, oh God, that our relationship with you through Jesus Christ is worth anything and everything that we must give up and sacrifice and suffer through. Thank you for reminding us that you will be with us. And so now I pray again, loosen our tongues for such a time as this. In the name of Jesus the Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen.